Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. As you know, Aaron, I'm a pretty boring person. I <laughs> I just, you know, I, I like it in one particular thing, which we're going to talk about today. I just like kind of doing things the default way. Mm-hmm. Um and they're probably a little unique in terms of developers in that I tend to not have strong opinions about things. I mean, not always, but sometimes even here I'm being boring that I can't take a side whether I have mm-hmm. strong opinions or not. But um, I think there is actually some benefit in sort of sticking with the defaults. Now, that could be in your code editor, in your terminal, in your framework of choice, um, you know, all sorts of different ways you could apply this. But I, I think there's a benefit in sticking with the defaults unless you have a very specific reason not to. And um, I'm just using that to kind of kick it off. I think you know that about me. And I, here's your mm-hmm. chance to kind of vent your frustration with me about that personality <laughs> well, quirk. W- 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 one of the things that you mentioned about keeping with the defaults that I have seen that's worked pretty well. Well, a couple, you know, one is then if you have default project, new developers come in and they generally mm-hmm. know how it works. And we've talked about that before. Stop making yeah. stuff so complicated. <laughs> right. You're not the only developer ever that's going to touch this. The other thing is um, you're a fan of using Laravel Shift to upgrade your projects. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things you'd mention is like try not to change your default configuration files um, because it makes that harder to upgrade. Maybe if you're going to have some unique configurations, put them in a separate file that's maybe Mm -hmm. named after your app instead of putting it in in the app one. Yeah. Um, So I've, I've seen I've seen, you know, that as a benefit. But there, there is a specific, I mean, if you turn off defaults, they have you have to have a specific reason, a re- repeatable, rational reason, I think, to do that. Um, and I wasn't always that way either. Like, I, I thought I knew better, <laughs> you know, but uh, you have to have a specific, repeatable, rational reason to turn off those defaults. And right. I can think of, of one as an example. Okay. Um, when I run a PHP unit, mm-hmm. I tend to turn on, by default, um, the functionality to stop on failure okay so a lot of projects are set that that doesn't so i think that the concept of the idea is that you'll run all your unit tests and um you know if three fail and the rest are passing great you only have three to fix the rest of your tests pass and even there's functionality inside a php unit i think that you can turn on like um run only my failures you know there's sort of a caching functionality Mm -hmm. so you know theoretically it should make the tests we'd go faster um, you know, as you're developing and working through it. What I found the first time it really got to me, <laughs> but then I found it a few more times, is that sometimes the failure is a legitimate failure. And it stems from the fact that you've written your code incorrectly. And then your other tests that are um, passing, even in other parts of your test suite, are passing accidentally, <laughs> or you've written those tests incorrectly. So mm-hmm. when you go in and do that, and then you change your code, is PHP unit and all those tools going to be smart enough to know to run the other falsely passing tests? No, I don't, I, it's not. <laughs> it know. will not. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, but if you have, let's just say you have something that, you know, always returns true. And luckily you have uh, some tests around that to check for the true and the false state. And, and, and those are failing. I, I don't want to move on. I don't want to move on beyond that because there might be code later on. It's testing a couple of different flows of that more in a more yeah. integrative way. That is accidentally passing, and now it's gonna—it's just gonna look past. Um, so that's kind of like one of the defaults that I picked to turn off or off. Yeah, and and um, 
I, I also accept that deviation from the defaults. And, and <laughs> at first, I think I think maybe we even argued about this a little bit at first, because I, I mean, I j- just to kind of take the other side for a little bit, I could see some limited circumstances where you might want to see all the failures. You know, for example, if something fails in CI, you know, maybe theoretically yeah. it would be nicer to see that these four tests failed instead of just like which of the first failed. Um, yeah, but certainly, but, but I, I got to interrupt there because does please. it really matter? As soon as one fails, no. <laughs> I, I want no. my CI to immediately stop because I yeah. don't want it doing any more work. Yeah. And when CI fails on the first very first thing, that's the key to me that I need to bring this project back to my local state and work mm-hmm. through the issues. Right. So well, I, I see what you're saying, but I disagree. Yeah. I, yeah and, and I was just kind of like maybe a, a stand in for somebody listening to this and yelling at the, <laughs> their Zoom or whatever they're listening to this on. Um, <laughs> Zoom. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like, you make a good point because like technically if you're on a CI platform, you know, GitHub Actions or something, you are paying per minute. Like now maybe mm-hmm. you never exceed your free tier and it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, why, why run an extra few minutes? Um, the other scenario, and again, I'm just kind of like reaching for things to have you uh, but <laughs> um, I'm thinking of a particular project where the tests were kind of slow and it, you know, maybe took like nine, 10 minutes and then it fails at like 97%. You're like, oh, you know, so you, you still go fix it and then you rerun it again and now it fails at 98%. So that like, that was like one time where I think it would have been nice to know that there was there was maybe two failures lurking for me instead of just the one. But that's, I mean, that's kind of an edge case because number one, make your tests faster. And number two, that doesn't happen that often that it's like right at the end, two different right. times. And I can see what you're talking about with that, but it still suffers from the same thing. What if that yeah. test at 98% was something that affects something else? Sure. Um, you know, and you know, you need to remember to run those again. The other thing about, I guess we're just really digging in on this particular topic. The other thing about it is with like PHP unit and your test base or your class based tests, it runs in a predictable fashion. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in predictable order. Yeah. So in that case, you are probably like, depending on how you have your tests organized or whatever, you probably could have ran like at a folder level, like, you know, run PHP units based tests, features, admin slash you know, blogs, you know, if it was like that was the last thing or whatever. And just run those four tests or those five tests that are in that folder yeah. again while you're developing and fixing those issues, you mm-hmm. know, and as well as like, uh, it can't be overstated enough that just target the test that's failing and run it over and over until it passes. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But, but you know, in, in case, I'll, I'll be honest, in cases like you're talking about with that, I, I generally have a good feeling that my other tests are going to continue to pass. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why we have CI set up as well. Right. So yeah. I'll I'll test over and over that section. And then I'll push it out to CI and go, if it fails, I'll just find a way to bleed and chill. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, he approved this PR. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess the, the so, so to take your side again, because I actually I do agree with you. But um, the, the other thing, too, is like, let's say you just did um, a major version upgrade for Laravel or one of your core packages or something. There's a good chance it'll break a bunch of tests. And I think it's it would be pointless to run your whole test suite locally and see like oh like 84 of my 1500 tests mm-hmm. failed when in reality maybe it's all because like the the translation string for a particular validation rule changed from must to may or something like that and so it's going to be kind of a boilerplate find and replace thing that'll fix a bunch of tests anyways 
And it's just, you know, it's like, oh my God, I have 84 failing tests. And no, really, you probably have like two or three things you need to fix. Right. I, I like I like when you pull from the archives just to demonstrate to listeners that you've been around for a while. <laughs> that error changing from made a oh, error yeah. from made a must. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was that was a couple of Laravel versions ago. Nice, yeah. nice, nice little humble drop there. Yeah, that's what I like to do. A nice, nice callback. <laughs> so Aaron, I'm, I'm glad you you picked this particular example of PHP unit just to show I'm not unreasonable and I'm not like strongly opinionated that you must use the defaults. There are there are times where it makes sense to deviate, mm-hmm. but I here's where it boils down to for me and this uh, kind of default path is it it isn't really about being boring or vanilla but it is about not fiddling with things if you don't need to so i know there are people that take great pride in mapping custom shortcuts for php storm to do all sorts of things and you know that's fine that's just not me i don't i don't that's not where i seek productivity um or seek to get better as a programmer i i find like just kind of sticking with the defaults suits me pretty well for like the 95% case. And then the 5%, yeah, tweak it. If you have a reason, if you're bumping up against something, I'm not afraid to change it. I just don't go looking for things to change. Mm -hmm. If I were to ask you, Aaron, um, what season are you? Would you have any idea what I'm talking about? (laughs) Hey girl, what's your season? <laughs> sure, along those lines. Um, well, yeah, I immediately um well, I have two thoughts really. I would go okay. either fall because I I like to have a jet, like a sweatshirt on mm-hmm. or is this a dating show or I I would say garlic because oh. because you can put me on everything. I um I didn't say what season do you like? I said what season oh. are you? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go back to my well, then, then I'm days. winter. I'm winter because I'm just cold and frigid and no one <laughs> likes me, but you put up with me. So I, I uh, before my days where I programmed professionally, I had like an IT business where I'd go set up computers for companies and, and you know, fix stuff. And what, what of my... You were, you were working on computers in 53? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and one of, the, one of the customers was a women's clothing store. Mm-hmm. And this was in the late 90s. And there was this thing where a person has a season as like their color palette, like what what mm. shades of makeup they should wear and what what color clothing they should wear. And so it, it was a whole thing that I had no exposure to until I'm just like sitting there, like working on their cash register computer. And I'm hearing these discussions and I'm like, this is really weird. OK, so uh, just to kind of set the stage for this uh, company that I was working at. Uh, I, I have sort of an embarrassing story to share, and I just thought you would get some enjoyment out of it. This uh, clothing store next door, there was like a hair salon or something that went out of business. So they expanded into that space and it became like a, a day spa or something. And so I was over mm-hmm. there setting up a new computer and and the woman who owns the business was training people that were going to work here. And so she's like telling them this and telling them, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that. And she's like, Joel, Joel. This is perfect. Can you come over here for a second? I'm like, okay. So I come over there. So picture the owner of the store, maybe like three or four younger women that are going to work there. And she's like, um, we want to do a treatment on your nose. And so <laughs> they take my head <laughs> and they put like this cream or I don't remember even what it was. But at first they're like looking like, look at his skin. It's like this type of skin. And it's that. And I'm like, I was getting extremely uncomfortable. 
<laughs> and so this, this just popped up into my memory the other day because I'm like, that was probably one of my weirdest on the job experiences, but I did survive <laughs> it. So that's what I like about programming, though, is you get to experience and learn a lot of different things. That's true. I, I, I worked for a client who um, worked for, um, I, th- I think I can say this, worked for Boots, which is a pretty big um, retailer uh, in UK and other places. Okay. And uh, we were, <laughs> I, w- I went to work for this company because I thought I would be able to work on Subaru stuff. That's mm-hmm. kind of how they, how they sold it. And I had a Subaru at the time. I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, you're going to work on boots. I'm like, what? <laughs> Specifically, you're going to work on their makeup stuff. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, as much as I joke about it, it was actually really interesting. I had no idea all of the business logic behind it. We were building these things where they're like, they lay out the shelves in the makeup section by um, uh, shelves and then what are called cassettes. So each individual um, self sh- shelf has like three to six different sections and then there's slots inside of there. And it was all like actually organized by like the, the makeup companies and mm. brands and stuff would jockey for position based off eyeline and all that kind of stuff. And we were building the interface so people could send this season's version of the makeup layout. Oh. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. See, we, we do learn a lot being out there yeah. in the world. Have you ever wanted to dress like Joel? Please don't, but you can learn like Joel. We've published some free resources to Master Laravel at our site called masteringlaravel.io. 